I'm trying to record this, but Causeway is trying to get involved as well. This could well be Causeway's first appearance on the Ricky Long podcast. It's also the first time I have done a solo podcast in a long, long time. Um, I'm quite looking forward to it, actually. A um, couple of things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to update you today about how Ironman training's going, about the podcast supporters club, and then I'm going to do a Q&A taken straight from my Instagram live. <coughs> um, and before all that, I'm going to tell you about the podcast supporters club. All new members of the Podcast Supporters Club are going to be sent a official Ricky Long podcast mug. And if that doesn't make you want to sign up, nothing will. The point of the Podcast Supporters Club is it allows me to do more with the podcast. It allows me to invest in new equipment. And as such time when time allows, I'll be able to go and interview bigger, better, bolder, better guests, better guests, lol, any previous guests listen to that, they'll be offended, um, but it will allow me to get up close and personal, and long-term goal is to hire some podcast studios uh, within Scotland and, and Belfast as well, oh, <laughs> Belfast, why is he trying to hire something in Belfast, is he moving back to Belfast, has he just dropped a little Easter egg there, Causeway, I'm trying to do a podcast. So if you want to find out more about the Podcast Supporters Club, you get a private, pl- private platform where you can view all episodes of the Ricky Long podcast uncut and unedited at least 24 hours before the official release date. Most podcasts are recorded on the Tuesday or Friday. All podcasts are released on the Monday. As soon as a podcast is recorded, I will upload it to the platform. And that means if you're a member of that platform, you can view and listen to the podcast early. Pause away. When you check out the Podcast Supporters Club, you can choose how much you want to support. You can pay as little as one pound. You can commit to a massive four pounds a month. And if you want to come on to the podcast to chat about you and what you're doing and maybe share some of the, the projects and products and services that you offer, there's options for that as well. Causeway, I'm trying to do a podcast. Right. Tick Podcast Supporters Club off the list. Link for that is in the show notes. So you can definitely check that out. I am actually going to move rooms here because it's me talking, which is upsetting the poor wee guy. Uh, I suppose I'll give you an update about Causeway. He is awesome. Um, at the time of recording, he's 16 weeks. He's about 10 kilos. Um and yeah, he's, he's starting to get really, really well trained and develop a, a good personality. So we've got all the basic ones. We've got sit, we've got down. We're working on his recall. Um, his recall works well in the house, does not work well out of the house. Uh, sit and down work quite well out of the house. Um, what else? He's starting to like chill out. When you have puppies, people have this idea that a puppy will just sit and cuddle. Um, puppies don't do that. Puppies are just balls of energy and want to play and want to bite and want to, you know, just run around the house and they'll do that if you allow them to do it. So that's why you, you give them the crate because the crate allows them to switch off and chill out and people don't realise puppies actually need to sleep for about, you know, anywhere between 16 and 20 hours a day. That's a lot of sleep. So the routine when you get a puppy is, should be, 
Um, they're in the crate, they come out of the crate, they go to the toilet, they're back into the crate for a couple of minutes, let them chill out. They come out of the crate, they get some food. When you're giving them food, you should also, I suppose most of this is my opinion, um, when you're giving them food, you should be training them at the same time, so hand feed them. Um, once you're finished feeding them, either straight back into the crate for a couple of minutes or depending on what your puppy's toilet's like, um, you might want to take them straight outside again, um, the toilet. Either way, they go back into the crate for a couple of minutes and then you bring them out and you try and do some mental stimulation, uh, which isn't just free play. You should never just, you know, give a toy to your puppy and say, go and play. You want to be there with them playing because that's mental stimulation for them and there's loads of different little games. One of the, the best games that we do with Causeway is <clears throat> we'll get a, an empty water bottle, put a couple of treats in it, take the lid off, a couple of treats, thread some string about two-thirds of the way up the bottle so as it's you know it's sitting heavy center of gravity is dead low and then string thread the string through and hang it about a six inches to you know ten inches don't know what that is in centimeters but 20 centimeters above his natural head height and then it becomes a little game for him to try and <clears throat> empty the, the bottle so it's really really mentally stimulating for them um burns up a lot of energy as well rather than just you know there's a chew toy go and chew it now there's a time and a place for that um but that's what we try and do mentally stimulate the guy uh iron man update iron man cork is still going ahead 15th 16th of august there is of course with all these events there's a strong chance that the the iron man won't go ahead um I've made the decision, if it doesn't go ahead, I'm just going to do it on that date anyway here in Gurk. So much so, I've already planned the route for that for both the bike and the run. Um, no point in me telling you what they will be because it could change between now and then. Um, Training-wise, we are in week 13, week 14 of the 30-week training plan. That can't be right. No, we're not. We're in week... We're in week 12, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, we're in week 12 of the 30-week training plan. Um, training plan is going well. Bike and swim are in a really, really good place. My bike's actually in a really, really surprising place. Um, part of the reason why the bike is... So I'm biking three times a week. I haven't missed three times a week all year, even in the harshest of weather conditions. The... Uh, on a Wednesday, I do hill circuits. Right, got a calf injury, can't run. So instead of going out for a 45-minute cycle, 30-minute run, which is what I'm meant to do on a Wednesday, and instead of doing a fast cycle on a Thursday, this is what I'm doing. On a Wednesday, I go and find a hill. I go up the hill on the bike. Once, I cycle down. And I keep doing that as many times as I can in 45 minutes. That's normally only about five times. It's a big-ass hill. Um, and I'm not the strongest of cyclists. I've been doing that now five weeks. What I'm meant to do once I've finished that is run. Can't run at the moment because my calf poor me. So I've been doing Les Mills body attack just to keep my heart rate up and keep my body doing impact cardio activity. And I've been avoiding the plyo and the power track now the reason i've avoided those tracks is because when you're doing endurance training you actually don't want your heart rate spiking like that as they do in body attack which is a wonderful thing for body attack so i've been keeping the heart rate 
lower. Yeah, so I'll do body attack and my, my heart rate will start about 100, 110, and then I'll do tracks 1, 2, um, 6, the running track. I'll do the agility track, but I don't go that hard on it. And then I'll do track 8, which is the, the kicking track. Um, and like I said, I'll just keep my heart rate in and around 140, 150. And that served me really, really well to the point where I went out on a three-hour cycle. So at the end of... It's a 30-week training plan. The first 10 weeks finishes with a peak. The second 10 weeks finishes with a peak. The middle of the last 10 weeks has a peak. And then obviously you have the Ironman itself. So the end of the first peak, the first peak was a three-hour cycle. Um, you were meant to do a 90-minute run. And you were meant to do a 45-minute swim for distance. Um, all grand. I was elected, that's Belfast talk for excited as, to when I did the three hour bike, I managed to comfortably cover 80 kilometers, which meant I averaged a speed of about 27 kph. For the Ironman itself, it's 180 kilometers. I have it in my head, I want to average 20 kilometers per hour the whole time. That means that cycle will take in and around eight, nine hours. Um, hopefully I'll be able to average a little bit higher than that with all this training I'm doing. Now back to the point of why I went off in this ramble is what I've been doing on a Wednesday is proper training on the bike. That hill has really increased my strength endurance and the amount of power I'm able to put down on the pedals because I'm not just going out and cycling. If you want to improve your 5k run time, the worst thing you can do is just run 5k's all the time. You need to be doing 1k drills, 3k drills, find some hills and build up your strength and endurance work. Well, it's the same thing on the bike. That's what I've been doing. So I literally cycle for an hour on a Wednesday, less than an hour on a Thursday, and once the gym's open, I'm not going to be going outside on the bikes anymore on a Thursday. I'm going to be doing RPM or sprint. Um, and then the Saturday is always going to be my big cycle day. Uh, I think it peaks at a six-hour cycle at some point, like week 24, 25, something like that. Um, so I've done the first peak. The second peak is, I think, in the middle of May, where I do an Olympic distance triathlon. Fine, I'll be grand for that. I could do that now. I could, I, I could do that and then, you know, then train. Then the middle of June, we have a half Ironman, which is a 2k swim-ish, is a 90km bike and a half marathon, which is 13 miles. Now where I am with the running on Sunday Pastor, I've, I've decided if all else fails, if I do not run again until the day of the Ironman, which is in August, I could do five minutes run, five minutes walk. So it's walk-run strategy, which is an accepted strategy, which a lot of first-time triathletes choose to do in the run phase. And if you were to cover five minutes running, if you were to cover about a kilometre in your five minutes running, and then cover like 500 metres in the walk, so you're not even walking that fast, you're just about 500 metres um, in five minutes, it is quite possible to still do a sub five hour marathon which even without an Ironman a sub five hour marathon is a good time especially for first timers. On Sunday previous I did 10 minute run five minute walk and I did that four times so it was 60 minutes and I'm going to just keep building that 10 5 10 5 10 5 up this weekend I'm going to make it an hour and 15 
Then the next weekend, I'm going to make it an hour and 30, all the way up to two hours. And then I'm going to regress right back down to, I'm going to run solid for 30 minutes. Then I want to run solid for 45 minutes. So I'm not doing the, the, the my plan anymore for the running. I have to do my own because I, I do need to look after my calves. Um, more so my right calf. I've even got, do you remember in 2015, all the body attack, Les Mills instructors here will absolutely love this. Remember the stupid calf sleeves that we all wore for body attack? I've even gone and bought a pair of them. And when I hear this, I wanted, um, I looked online for Reebok ones and I got a pair of Reebok ones. And you know when you go into TK Maxx and you see the Reebok stuff and you just know fine rightly that Reebok stuff has been sitting in a warehouse in really, really old packaging since 2011, and nobody's known what to do with it. Well, that's basically how my calf sleeves turned up. I wanted to put it on social media, but I do need to tread carefully on how much I take the piss out of Reebok, because um, they do look after me quite well, and I don't want to be construed the other way, but it was just funny that I bought this off some shop on Amazon, not from Reebok sales, and they sent me the oldest packaging, um, the old Reebok logos, you know, the Delta Triangle, um, but they are really, really good. So if you are struggling from calf injuries or muscle strains, the reason why compression works, now some of it might be, you know, kind of, what's what I'm looking for, placebo, once a total effect, is because they press into the muscle belly, it's important they press into the muscle belly, not like the tendons and the origins and uh, exertions, origins, exertions. I've forgotten what that word is. You want them to press into the muscle belly because what they should do is they prevent the buildup of lactic acid. So it doesn't allow your muscle to expand just as much. When your muscle expands, it means there's a lot of lactic acid in there. Now, the flip side of that, what they can do if they're too tight, they actually stop fresh blood getting into the muscle. Yeah, now a lot of people say they do other things as well with compression. They can make your muscles more responsive, i.e. they'll contract and relax faster. Um, I don't know too much about that. It's not the reason why I'm wearing them. The main reason why I'm wearing them is I do not want my calves to swell with too much lactic acid, which happens to me. Uh, so the Ironman update. In short, we're in week 11 or 12. I, I don't really know. Um, things are going well. Um... The outdoor swimming pools in Scotland have opened, which means I'm now swimming two to three times a week. I can use the pool to do some drills. And then if I'm in the sea, normally I'm in the sea twice a week, I like to do a short, easy swim. And then I like to do a long, still kind of easy swim where I'm not really pushing pace or anything. Um, the sea temperature is starting to get a little bit warmer, starting to get about seven, eight degrees, which means swimming... When it's about five degrees, swimming for longer than 30 minutes does start to get cold and hurt a little bit and it takes you longer to warm up afterwards. Not about seven, eight degrees. The sun's out. Swimming for 45, 50, you know, uh, I think I was in for an hour and 10 minutes last week. Uh, it's really quite nice, if I'm totally honest with you. As long as you don't rest for a long period of time which i'm not doing some of them do do that i don't like to be still when i'm in the open water some of them will rest for like 30 45 seconds and then go again uh, you know that, that would be about my limit um otherwise i start to get cold right i'm going to leave the iron man update uh, i've got a few questions about uh what i was doing with the iron man podcast itself 
and the YouTube stuff, I decided not to do it. And the reasons why are quite simple. I would not enjoy the documenting. I would not enjoy the, the processing and the editing of it. Um, and I know some people might enjoy watching the journey. So if you if you do enjoy hearing how I'm doing for Iron Man, just you know, watch me Instagram story, message me, fi find out that way. I'm not, I'm not doing it to, I am not doing the Iron Man to help and inspire other people. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for really really selfish reasons to push myself to that, um, and I'm really quite open on that and the idea of creating media like you know specific youtube and specific videos around it i'll do the occasional one yes i suppose this is an occasional one but no it's if it's not a fuck yes it's a fuck no one for me that's very much a fuck no i did do one podcast some of you i know will have listened to it i think had i not got the calf injury i probably would have gone ahead and done a few more reluctantly um but the calf injury really stopped me enjoying my training and reassess everything right Q&A time, um, taken from my Instagram story uh, this week, um, I like to do things like this because Instagram stories gives you about you know 15 seconds, um, whereas now we've got about 15 minutes per question, I think we've got about 7 questions here. Uh, the first question is, should all fit pros get the vaccination? Truth is, I don't know. Um, all this talk about COVID and the vaccinations and when and where we can and can't holiday and what we can and can't do. We'll need a vaccination passport to go for, a, you know, that pint to go for a poo. Um, really does bore the wet out of me. Um, Boris Johnson was making announcements this week about passports. Haven't even looked at them. Um, personally, I wouldn't be surprised if the government introduced expensive vaccine passports that everybody needs just to like wipe their own arse and buy toilet roll um you know the the, the government for me have like i said i don't really want to get into this but the, the government for me have really done a piss poor job and showed real incompetence for specifically the last you know year and a half now on covid um and a number of other things you know for the you know for anyone who lives in the uk here did you know there's now a border in the Irish Sea between Wales, Scotland and England. There's a border between those three countries in Northern Ireland. Did you know that? Well, Boris put it in there and kind of just didn't tell anyone. There's an actual border there. And how that affects the everyday person is there's a lot less stock in shops because Tesco's and Sainsbury's can't get their stock over. There's a lot of businesses who just can't run anymore because they need to you know have free transport to get their trade in um free transport not free transport free movement um so yeah back to the the original question should all fit pros get the vaccination because of the environment that fit pros work in you know gym sweaty breathing heavy arguably close contact personally i don't agree with that um i think fit pros may be made to get the vaccine and I think gyms might be introduce a policy where all their members have to be vaccinated it just wouldn't surprise me the way the world's going um, personally I think it's horseshit personally I think the idea that we're all waiting to get a vaccine is horseshit when we know that oh I don't have my stats available we know that 64 percent 
of this is just England, 64% of England is registered as overweight or obese. And we know it's over 70% of people who have been hospitalized because of COVID are overweight or obese. Yeah. So what that says is if you're overweight and obese, it lowers your immune defense, which we all know. If you're not healthy, your immune system is more susceptible to infection and COVID and it could hospitalize you. But yet the message from the government is, uh, guys, uh, don't try and get fit and healthy. Just just sit, sit, sit at home and we'll get you a vaccine. Then once you get the vaccine, you can all be fat, lazy fucks again. All right, all right. Don't know what accent I was doing there. Um, but yeah, that's my problem with the vaccine. Um, am I going to get the vaccine? Yeah, probably because, uh, you know, I don't think I'll be able to do much in life without getting the vaccine. Um, do I think I need the vaccine? No. Do I think the majority of the population needs the vaccine? No. I think the majority of the population needs educated on how to improve their own health. Prevention is better than cure, yet we're doing everything the other way around. Do you remember last summer when uh, Boris Johnson got COVID and then declared this week-long war on obesity? Yeah, that lasted long, didn't it? Maybe that didn't last that long because he he realised, well, if everybody gets really, really fit and healthy, they won't spend as much money on medicine in general, which means the government will get less money and it'll affect the economy if everybody's a little bit more healthy. Anyway, I went off on a massive rant there. Uh, the next question, which could also trigger a rant, um, I would say, I'm not saying the names for anyone uh, for these questions come in, uh, but the person who asked this question, I will say this, does not follow me, and like I really enjoy this person's, because um, this person would engage with me on social media sarcastically because they really fancy me, and they want to be me. Um, most of you will kind of probably know the type of person I'm talking about, um, but they engage with me, they don't follow me, and they talk about me in a private group, which they, well, they think I'm in the group, but under a different name, which I can neither confirm or deny. So the question is, shouldn't Les Mills be helping instructors get paid more? Short answer, no. Long answers. Les Mills do more than most companies to serve their instructors, you think think about this: the amount of social media support that les that is available to a Les Mills instructor, the Facebook groups, contact with elite trainers, with assessors, um, with other instructors, with gym managers, with gym chains. Um, never mind the official education you get from Les Mills, which can transfer over into an, an unlimited amount of other skill sets. So you come on and do a body pump workshop with me. I'm gonna teach you, I don't know, um, biomechanics of a squat or a new move, you can then take that new move and apply it to a personal training session or apply it to a freestyle class that you teach. Or if you're really, really on the ball and you're looking at how these trainers, not just me, all the rest of the trainers are delivering sessions, not not only look at what they're delivering, look at how they're delivering it, what language they're using, how to structure their sentences, and then you can apply that to your own public speaking and teaching classes. Um, it's not up to Les Mills to support your income. It's up to Les Mills to give you a tool to earn a living with. You're paying Les Mills to be upskilled. You're not paying Les Mills as 
an agent, as a manager, to work on your behalf. You're paying for a tool, which is the ability to teach a class, hopefully, better every single quarter. Um, it's up to you to decide how much you charge for use of this tool. End of rant. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a good one. It's about social media. I uh, find it harder to get engagement on Instagram, but easier on Facebook. Is this okay? Is this normal? It's quite normal. Um, Facebook is a conversational place. Instagram is barely a like and a comment. Um, and let me just go a little bit further on with a couple of differences. Um, so think of Instagram as four different platforms in one. You've got the traditional Instagram newsfeed, you've got Instagram stories, you've got Instagram TV, and you've got Instagram Reels. So think of Instagram as those four different parts. Um, and then Facebook hasn't changed much in terms of the, the format, um, but the use of Facebook has changed. So you've got three main things in Facebook. You've got your personal page, you've got your professional page, and you've got groups. They're the, the three main things. Right, let me just try and put this in some order, which I can explain. People, Instagram, people are spending less and less times on the Instagram newsfeed. They're not thumb rolling as much anymore in the newsfeed. They're spending that thumb roll time either on TikTok newsfeed, <laughs> where you scroll up and down and you know, like three days go past, or and or Instagram stories and reels. So if you're not getting much attention for an Instagram normal feed post, that's normal because people aren't spending as much time there. And once you put a post there, less than 3% of your following are going to see that post. And if they don't see it within the first 15 minutes, they're probably never going to see it. So that's why you can afford to post more often on your Instagram newsfeed. So if you post once a day, less than 3% they're going to see it. If you post twice a day, less than 6% they're going to see it. So up to 6% will see it. Um, and if you post three times a day, up to 9% will see it. So that's why people would adopt that three times a day. A morning post, an afternoon post, and an evening post. Um, like, just backtracking over to Facebook. Facebook is generally more conversational. Um, people like a comments thread in there, especially if it's in a, a relatively private Facebook group. Lindsay's just come in. Sorry. It's all right. What'd you do? Um, yeah, so people just will are prepared to have more conversation in a Facebook, on Facebook. So what I would say, it's normal. Use the same content on both platforms. Consider making your content more engaging in terms of ask people questions and talk about what people want to talk about. So, you know, talk about the vaccine and link it back to... So I, I you asked me there about the vaccine and I linked it back to should all fit pros get the vaccination well instead of me answering that I kind of just had a rant about how we should all be getting healthier anyway so start a conversation with what people want to talk about and finish it with what you want to talk about boom that is straight from a book how to win friends and influence people start a conversation with what they want to talk about and finish the conversation with what you want to talk about um, but, but, but I'm trying to think what else you can try using reels more on Instagram uh, reels are a really really good tool to get engagement um, 
Instagram stories, I would still maintain you should be putting about two to three minutes of Instagram stories up a day. That's about eight to 12 stories or 15 seconds each. Also use Facebook stories on your personal page. You won't get as many people viewing it, but the people who view your Facebook story, in my opinion, tend to be closer to you um, emotionally. <laughs> uh, next question is closely linked to the above. Which social media platform is best for a PT? Um, combination. Um, I teach all of this on my business course. There's a free business course, which you can go and do if you want to find out more. It's on the website, regulong.com. Um, if I was being pushed to answer what is best for a PT, I would say, remember, I split Instagram and Facebook in there, a couple of different platforms there. It would be Instagram and Facebook, and it would be Instagram Stories, Facebook personal page, Instagram news feed, Instagram reels, and Facebook private group. Now, a Facebook private group is a really, really powerful thing, but because it's private, you might just, you want to build that up to begin with, and then your Facebook private group could actually become more powerful than your Instagram stories. Um, all those places are good places to go heavy and hard on. Uh, Ricky, how would you go about getting new classes when the gyms open again and new timetables are being made? Um, really, really simple. Right now, email every group fitness instructor in your area and get yourself on the cover list. Um, then you want to mark out a period of like, you know, six months and cover every class possible. Be the yes man for that six month period. Um, try to befriend the existing instructors. Go to their classes as a participant. Team teach when it's appropriate. Um, you want to put yourself in the mind of the gym managers, the studio managers and the other instructors. So as when cover or permanent classes come up, you're the person I think of. Like I said, aim to do that for about six months and probably have a target in your head. You want to gain two private classes per month um, and you know keep being the cover person until you get to that target amount of classes. Um, once you get to that target amount, you want to then pull back from the amount of free shit you're doing, so the free cover classes, uh, the free team teaches, all of that. Not that you would cover a class for free. Uh, but yeah, then you want to pull back until you get the, the amount of classes you want to teach. The next question, do you have a business bank account? Yes. Next question. <laughs> All right, let me go off on that. Um, so if you are self-employed, you should have three bank accounts. You should have a business account, a tax account, and a personal account. All the money you earn goes straight into your business account. 20% of that goes straight into your tax account. The tax account is not your money, it belongs to Boris. So if you get paid, you know, £5,000 for the month, £1,000 automatically goes to your tax. At, on the last working day of the month, your business account pays your personal account a salary. Doesn't pay you all the money that's left. So there's £4,000 left in that business account. Do not pay yourself £4,000. That would be, you know, business suicide. You pay yourself a salary. Preferably, that salary would stay the same for all 12 months of the year. Preferably, you would do that. Um, so, for example, let's just say you pay yourself £2,000. So, you've earned £5,000 in the business. £1,000 is going to your tax account. 
£2,000 have gone to your personal account and that leaves £2,000 in your business account. And then when you have business expenses for the month, maybe you're paying for a website, you're paying for gym equipment, you're paying for marketing, etc., etc. It is paid for by your business account and not your personal account. Um, what you want to do over the course of the financial year is let your business account, you know, just kind of grow a little bit of money in it. Then you come to the end of the financial year, April to April, most people will work, which is fine. Then you should have money in your business and you can decide what you do with that money in the business. You could, you know, effectively give yourself a bonus, which is what most people will do. Or what I would recommend is you invest that money in other areas of your business. Um, by all means, give yourself a percentage of a bonus. So to give my analogy there, let's just say there was very, very little business expenses. Let's say there was a thousand pounds worth of business expenses a month, which is, you know, probably about right for most. So that means £1,000 per month you're going to save for 12 months. Or one multiplied by 12 is carry the one, carry the zeros. Would be £12,000 that you could get at the end of the year with. You know, that's you know me saying that, that you're earning 5k a month. Maybe you're earning more. A lot of you will be. That's where you want to be. So I could be sitting here at the end of April with 12k in my bank account, in my business bank account. And I can make a decision. Well, I'll give myself two grand bonus. I've already paid tax on all this money, by the way. Um, I've got 10 grand left. What I'm going to do with the 10 grand, I'm going to make some business investments. I'm going to go heavier in some marketing. I'm going to employ someone to do my website for me, etc., etc. Um, yeah. Is that... Yeah, a couple more questions. Two more questions, and then I'm going to head. Um, general tips for going back to teaching 15 classes a week. First and foremost... Be very, very open to the fact that that is going to hurt. If you've not been doing much classes, much exercise, and you're going to bang yourself back up to 15 classes a week, that's going to hurt. First week will be a shock to the system. Week two and three won't be much better. Um, right now, you should try to hydrate and sleep well. Um, when you start teaching, go easy in some of those classes. Make sure you're stretching. Make sure that... I wouldn't even be trying to train and do other like weight-based stuff outside of those classes. Just save all that energy. Um, you know, and just mind yourself that your class members will be going through the exact same thing as you. Okay, they won't be doing 15 classes a week. Well, I hope not. But those one or two classes that they are doing, they're going to feel that shock to their system, albeit in a different way and not the same volume that you're doing. Um, but definitely build up slow. And I think it would be really, really cool and effective if you were just open and honest, like on your social media platforms and with the members who are coming to your classes and, and just saying, Whew, I haven't worked out like this in a long time. So, um, you know, I'm gassing a bit. We're all going to be the same here. We're all on this journey together. Maybe you could even get like a support group, you know, a Facebook group, um, you know, you know, eight week plan together. So you can say to everyone, you know, let's build ourselves back up. Maybe do a fitness test in week one. Um, I'm getting excited now. Do a fitness test in week one yourself and, you know, all your class members. It could be really, really boring, like, the you know, the running bleep test. It would work really well. And then say, right, we're going to do this again in four weeks' time. We're going to do it again in eight weeks' time. So as you can see, your progression, you could do old school fitness measurements. You could do all do your body fat percentage. I think that'd be a really, really cool thing to do because everyone's going to be in the same boat. 
Um, and remember, you're a completely different person to this time last year. You know, the you that taught 15 classes a week in April, May 2020, or not that you did because all the gyms are shut, but you get what I mean. Um, you're a completely different person. You know, possibly your values have changed, your circumstances have changed, um, your appreciation for a lot of things will have changed, um, and your members will have changed as well. Um, and I truly believe most of the fitness professionals who come back to the fitness industry will be stronger for it, and that will make the fitness industry better as well. That's it. Let's see any questions. Um, I've got to go. The time is quarter past nine. I've got a few things to do, including a couple of um, personal training consultations and programs I need to get started. Uh, so yeah, that was the Ironman update, the Podcast Supporters Club. Um, I think I spoke about other things as well, but generally a Q&A. Any questions, give us a shout. Be sure to check out the link in the show notes about the Podcast Supporters Club. Um, any support you can throw our way is muchly appreciated and will help us do more episodes of the Ricky Long Podcast. Otherwise, catch you soon.